Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. As we continue our sermon series on God's Church, My Family, Christian Pana will take us to 1 Peter 1 to talk about how to live a responsible life during our journey on this earth. During today's sermon, we will learn two major things. First, that we live responsibly by calling God our Father. And second, that we need to be sincere in our love for one another. So let's find out more how we can grow together in God's family. So the last few weeks we went through a new sermon series, God's Family, My Church. If you missed any of the previous sermons, just go back. Um, you can find them online. Um, and today I'm happy that Christian is continuing. Um, what we learned so far about the family of faith, about the local church, we learned that Jesus uh, calls us and considers us his own family, his own spiritual family. Uh, we learn that we must investigate Jesus until we understand, when, until we get the significance of our spiritual ties. And then we learn that we are involved in a serious family business. Uh, and it was awesome to be reminded about that. We also learn that the Father is personally involved in conforming us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Today we are going to understand what a responsible life in the family of faith is. And for that, I would like to um, read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 to 25. But if anybody wants to read for us, this will be even better. I don't have to do it. So if you want to participate and to be part of this sermon, please read the passage for me, um, anybody. So it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 to 25. So anybody who wants to uh, give a hand, it's welcome. And in this word is the good news that was preached to you. <laughs> this is the end of it. Thank you. This is great. Uh, verse 17, almost at the end of the verse, it says, Conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile or of your journey. And, and this is a, a, an imperative. It's not an option. Live your life responsible in fear of God. Is, is, is not an option. Again, it's an imperative. Even in, in the original, it's an imperative. So, brothers and sisters, live a responsible life during your journey. But maybe you ask, okay, how? Well, the text tells us how. First of all, by calling God as a father. He is our father. And uh, we talked about, uh, about this uh, in the beginning, well, uh, last Sundays, but... This is how Jesus taught, remember, Jesus, uh, this is how Jesus taught his disciples to address God as fathers. The believers who know God and call him by name, they know also that he is a fair judge. 
and he's not, um, uh, he's evaluating his children with fairness. So we trust God, right? We trust God because he's not only a judge, a, 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 a mean judge, or, or he is, the judge is our father. <laughs> so he will evaluate us in a right way, in a fair way. So we need to fear him. And not of that, not only that, but the verb call here, if you call God, look in verse 17, and if you call on him as father, and you consider him, and you invoke him as your father, uh, the, the verb there is in present tense, which means that Christians call God as their father without interruption. It's a continuous uh, effort, and, and, and it's a lifestyle. That shows a strong relationship between son and father. So I don't know when was the last time when you called God father. But you should start as soon as possible. Because sometimes we pray him and oh God or oh Jesus oh Holy Spirit. But not always we call him father. And I, I, I want to urge you to change something in your, in your prayer. Because we come before a father who is loving, and he also, yes, evaluate our deeds with fairness, but he is our father. Well, when he evaluates us, he's doing also without interruption and impartially. And the Christians should conduct their life in a fair way, in, in, in a way that um, they, they fear the Lord. They respect the Lord as their father. Remember how you respected your father? Well, I, I hope you did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I respected my father. Also, sometimes, you know, uh, I'm, I'm from Romania. And in Romania, the fathers sometimes, you know, discipline their sons. I did. I mean, I received discipline from my father. And I, I didn't like that And at that time, at that moment. But you know what? I thank him because he did that. <laughs> um, he... I know he did that not because he hated me, right? Because he loved me. And now I understand. And um, uh, in the same way, um, our works should be an interrupt, uninterrupted series of works that match this relationship, son-father. Um, and I hope this is your, the truth of your life, that your deeds match your words. And when you call God as your father, then you watch out that your deeds, your works are accordingly. Why I'm saying this is because Christianity is a relationship, right? I, I, I told my, my students this. I, Christianity is not a religion. And they were really, really upset. Uh, how come? this? And I said, no, no, no. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Starts with an R, but it's not the same thing. It's a relationship and any sin, it's a violation of this relationship. It's a violation. Uh, we are reminded in First Peter uh, 1, 14 and 16, that uh, to not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as who called you is holy, and this is the verse right before uh, 17, uh, you also be holy in all, in all your conduct, in all your works. Since it is written, you shall be holy as I am holy. Now, you know what holy means, right? Holy means different. 
I am different. My works are different. My love is different. My patience is different than yours. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> um, so if I am holy, I, I, if I am different, then you should be different too. Not like the world. Your conduct, your behavior should be different. Why? Because I am different. Um, everything in Christianity is about relationship. It's about uh, obeying our Father. It's about honoring Christ in anything we do. Um, and also, if you remember about the Holy Spirit, do not quench or do not uh, grieve the Holy Spirit. It's all about relationship. Everywhere you go in the New Testament, Peter, John, uh, Paul, all of them, they talk about the same thing. Christianity is a relationship. And every sin, it's a violation of this relationship. Um, um, what, what God asks from us is to maintain the integrity of our relationship with Him as a father. And Peter said that if you call, if, if you don't call God as a father, it's okay. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. But if you do this, watch out. Your deeds must match your words. And, um, Yes, God's character is revealed in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the law. In the New Testament, uh, in the works of Christ. We know. We know everything about our Father. But still. But still. We sin. Huh? Did you sin this last week? Anybody? Yeah. Me too. I, I caught myself like, oh, what I am doing here? What in the world I am doing here? Because God is my Father. But I hope the next step you did, you were to do what? To ask forgiveness. To reconnect the relationship, right? With the Father. Uh, when we sin, we sin against the person, not against the law. In, in Psalm 51 verse 4, David said this, Against you... You only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Against you, Lord. And um, there is another verse. In, now I jump in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. Remember Ananias and Sapphira? They, um, uh, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart with lie to the Holy Spirit? You didn't lie to us. You lied God. What are you doing? God is your father. And you light him in face? Uh, uh, why? So, um, look in the Old Testament, look in the New Testament, and look in your life. And I'm looking in mine. And we see this. Now, why is that important? Because we know that our life, before we called God as our Father, was characterized by, and Peter said very clear, that was characterized by Feudal ways. Look at that. Verse 18. Feudal ways. Feudal life. Feudal behavior. The word feudal means foolish, useless, worthless. And this word was used by Paul when he described the idols. When in, in the book of Acts, when he was in Lystra, in Acts chapter 14, verse 15, he said, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you. And we bring you good news that you should, and pay attention here, you should turn from these 
vain things. Actually, it's the same word. Futile things. Vain things to a living God. Look at the idols. They are nothing. Turn from them to the one who is, who exists, who is living. Uh, vain things, dead things, living God. So uh, it's the same word. Peter is clear that we have been ransomed from this futile um, 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 life or, or futile ways. Inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things. We were not ransomed with gold and silver, but with blood. But with blood. Now, the word redemption means, or ransom, it's, it's passive. Something it happens to us, right? Something happened in the in the past uh, to us, and and uh, God looked at us in this ir irresponsible behavior, and He said, "You know what? I want to save them from this. I want to ransom them from this." And and we were uh, the word ransom means to to buy back someone from bondage. From bondage, from sin. So, uh, in other words, we were set free by the ransom that Jesus paid. Now, wh what did we do for this? Nothing. The only quality that we had was what? Sinners. Haters of God. You know, Ooh, who are you to say this? And then, from this, we become like, oh, you are our father. Right? That happened in our life. And, Paul, and Peter said, you know what? You've been ransomed. A, pay, a, a price was paid for this. Not with money, but with blood. Now, the, the, the picture that he uh, picked, uh, uh, paints here is of, of a lamb. A lamb without blemish or spot. And probably when you look back in the, the Old Testament The only place where you see this, that he ransomed and we have life, is the Passover. The Passover lamb. And, 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 and it's a beautiful picture here. Because the, paid, the price was paid for us. We have done nothing to be ransomed. And he paid, uh, paid the price to move us from a family to another one. Now maybe you, you say, okay, okay. I know your sermon is about family and the family of faith. How in the world you came up with this? Well, look in the text. It's right there. Forefathers. <laughs> What you've inherited from your forefathers, from generation to generations of fathers. Remember in the Old Testament, the fathers, this father beget this father, they beget this father, beget, right? Not women, but men. It is really weird. <laughs> like, no way. We, we, we look in the reality and we see this, something else. But it was, look, it's interesting. Fathers who begat this father. And, and he said, you, you inherited the sin through your fathers. Now, this is interesting. Who is the father of Jesus Christ? Is Joseph? No. But who? God. You see, right there, the line of our forefathers was interrupted. 
And Jesus started a new family. <laughs> and he said, you, my disciples, are my family. So when we trust in this blood and we trust in this redemption, now we are in this family. Jesus came to change our family from Adam and Eve, dead, death, and, 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 and futile life to living, to father, to community. What community? What family? Jesus' family. Is this awesome? I find it so interesting that even Peter, not only like last Sunday, not Paul, but Peter is talking about the same thing. About the same family that we share together, the local church, the family of faith. What was the price? Well, yes, blood. When you read this passage, you cannot miss the point. The family of faith. The father, the forefathers, the payment to change the families. Jesus, who didn't receive the inheritance from the forefathers. The Passover the, as the celebration. By the way, this Passover was not a temple celebration. was a da-da-da-da celebration. What is da-da-da-da? Family, thank you. <laughs> was a family celebration. You eat that lamb with your family. And if your family is too small, you bring another family. <laughs> and you need to eat the whole thing, right? Well, it's a family celebration. I mean, the whole passage, talk about this. You can't miss it. It's right there. Um, if you invoke God as your father... For the sake of what Jesus did for us, let us live a responsible life during our journey. Let us live according to God's standard. We owe nothing to our forefathers. I'll say it again. We owe nothing to our forefathers because we owe everything to God. Now, um, could you tell me from where country are you from? I know you come from different countries, so just, just shout out the, the countries here and the nationalities. Nigeria. What? Brazil. South Africa. Philippines. India. Ghana. Austria. <laughs> Romania. <laughs> you, do you see this? We ceased to be Nigerians, Indians, Philippines. We, we are Austrian. We are not. Do you understand this? I'm not a Romanian anymore. I'm a Christian. I owe nothing to my forefathers. Everything that I owe is to Jesus Christ. Because now I'm in his family. Is, is this clear? Everything. It's about God. And about our. The first, firstborn. Remember. Jesus Christ. His son. By the way. This was God's. Father's plan. From the beginning. 
Um, he didn't change the plan. He was not surprised. Oh, what should I do? Peter said, he was foreknown. Oh, remember this word from last Sunday? Foreknown. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. If When you come, go back to Romans 8, 29, we have this verse. Thank you, uh, Mark. Um, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be co- confirmed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among who? Many brothers, the family. And here it says that, now this is about us. But here it's about him, about Jesus. When you put Paul and Peter together, what do you have? An interesting concept. Before the foundation of the world, God foreknew the ransom that Jesus will pay for us. To be able to call God as Father. Meaning to be family. But the Father foreknew us too. Not only His Son. And He confirmed us. And He's doing this still to be be like like His Son. to, To be copies of His Son. In order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers, meaning what? Family. So it's all in here. The local church is not a touch-up of God's plan. He said, oh my, I, I, I have a hole here. I need to do something. No. Everything from, was from the beginning. God dreamed about this glorious church. He did that for the sake of you. Not because he was alone. And he didn't, uh, you know, I need to, I need to save some to, to be my family. No, no, no. God was sufficient. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's sufficient. But you know what? This is the beauty of this family of God. He always invites others to be part of. And God invited us to be part of this. And so... Why should I live a responsible life during my journey? Well, because God invited me. And because if I call him father, I should think about all of these. What a privilege to, God, to call God as your father, own father. To enjoy his inheritance in Jesus Christ. Not the inheritance of our forefathers. Yeah. Um, it's enjoy this, but enjoy also the responsibilities. This is what I, if you are excited about the prospect, be excited about the responsibilities too. Uh, we don't like that, right? Oh, yeah. We want everything, you know, this is for us. Inheritance, oh, yeah, Lord. Uh, father, family, oh, yeah. But you have a responsibility in this family. <laughs> it's not like just enjoy it, but do something about it. Your community is not of this world. Your community is from God's world. This world was made available to you by blood, by sacrifice. It's time for you to sacrifice too. The ransom 
was not in money but in blood, a sacrifice. Where is your sacrifice? What to sacrifice? Well, a futile life that was inherited from generation to generation. Uh, If Jesus sacrificed heaven for you, it's time for you to sacrifice this world for him. Amen? Yeah, this is our call. This is why we are doing this. This is why we are together here. He is the firstborn of a new creation. You are foreknown from, uh, from the foundation of the world right after Jesus was foreknown by the Father. Jesus was manifested for your sake so that you might live a responsible life. Call God your Father and be sincere in your brotherly love. That's the second thing that Peter emphasizes here. Not only this, but hey, when it, this is vertical, right? But now on horizontal, uh, 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 how to live responsible? Well, by being sincere in your brotherly love. The result of, and, and, and he, uh, this is from verse 25 to 20, uh, 20, uh, 22 to 25. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. The result of the moral purification of our soul is a sincere brotherly love. In this purification, we are personally involved because, because this is the teaching of the gospel. It's not like... If redemption is only what God does, now the purification is what you do and I. And you know, you know why we are doing this? To be sincere in our love for our brothers and sisters. Because not always we are sincere. Huh? Is that true or not? Ah. Uh. Only God knows how sincere we are. <laughs> and sometimes when we, our cover is, is blown up, it's like, oh, you were not sincere with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why we need to do this all the time. This love must be, must be serious and responsible. This brotherly love is not shallow and marginal. This brotherly love is central and significant. This love for brothers and sisters must to be sincere. Look, in the text, there are four things important. Sincere must be for one another, earnest, and from heart. Four things. You remember this. Sincere, the word means without hypocrisy, without dissimulation. Paul gives the same advice in Romans twelve nine. This love should be genuine in Lacking pretense or show. Now, um, in, in Latin, sincere, well, the word sincere comes from Latin. Sincera. And when the sculptures, well, I don't know, I've, if this is not true, I'm a liar. But I read somewhere, and, and <laughs> so some, I, I think it's real. Uh, the sculptures in, in the past, they, they, after a while, they hidden the, the little cracks in their statues by wax. Just to look good. But, well, you know, in time, a, well, rock is rock. So, uh, this, I was like, 
without wax. Sincere means without wax. And don't cover up things that you don't like. Be authentic. If you have cracks, show them. No wax. <laughs> Be sincere. And, and your love toward your brothers and sisters in love in, in, in church should be sincere. And if, if we are not called to like people in the church, you know, maybe you don't like them. But you are called to love them. <laughs> it's different. I don't like you, <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> it's a decision. It's not how I feel about you. It's what the Lord tells me to do. So I love you in a sincere way. In a sincere way. To, to have a sincere brotherly love. Work on that. Work on that. And then there is another one. It's for one another. Uh, love must be mutual and re re reciprocal. Jesus was clear of what type of love he wants from us. And yes... This is John 13, 34, 35. <laughs> Part of this verse was the one that uh, my student wrote on the table. I was like, oh my God, this is so not beautiful. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you. The same love that I love you, love one another. Jesus loved his disciples to the end. It's John 13. You remember John 13? The beginning of the chapter is about what? Huh? John 13. Come on, you know. Jesus washed. Exactly. <laughs> so Jesus washed the feet of Judas. Till the end, sister. Till the end. Jesus showed love till the end. Um, total love. After Jesus did that to them, he said, he gave them an example. You do the same thing. Um, Lord, what thing? To wash feet? Nah, it's not about that. But humility. And you know what? To wash the feet even to your enemies. Even to the Judas in your life. Can you do that? <laughs> if it's uh, uh, according to our emotions, oh, it's like revenge. <laughs> revenge. Kill them all. <laughs> I can't. Why? Because I'm a Christian. Because God called us to love one another. It's bidirectional. It's not one-way street. It's bidirectional. You love me, I love you. Do you show humility toward your brothers and sisters in church? Do you sacrifice yourself for the well-being of the brothers and sisters? By doing this, you actually show love. And when you show love, love is shown to you. Well, yeah, but nobody loves me. <laughs> well, you know, when you show love and nobody loves you, there is something wrong there. And not in you, because you already love. When you love somebody, when you love the church, when you love the brothers and sisters, you expect, I emphasize, 
You expect others to love you. One another. If that doesn't ha- uh, uh, happen, something, something is wrong there, right? Because you love and you expect to be, uh, you sacrifice, you serve, and you are served. You sacrifice, and they sacrifice for you. Is this true about our church? Should be. Then if not, what we must do? Oh, by what? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. By what? Doing what? Ah, first of all, uh, before loving, we need to do something else. Repent. Thank you. We need to repent because we are not what we are called to do. And then to love our brothers and sisters sincere, one another. And then there is another one. Oh, my Earnestly. Earnestly. This word means fervently. Um, display a passionate intensity. This is a love that is glowing hot. Is burning with passion. This is not a common love. It's uncommon love. If you need an example where this word fervent is used. is in Luke 22.44. Oh, that's it. And being in an agony, Jesus... Prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You understand that? To do something fervently means to stretch the limits. Jesus stretched the limits till blood when he prayed. And then in Acts 12, 5, it's another way where, uh, another place where this word is, is used. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. And you know what happens afterward, right? When, when the church prays earnestly, that means to do something fervently. It's, it, that means to, to engage in some activity like prayer in our situation with eagerness, with perseverance, with zeal, with great desire, with zeal and with strong ambition. Now, if I, I have to take all of these and to apply to love, let me tell you how, how that sounds. To stretch yourself to the limits to love your brothers and sisters. To engage with perseverance in loving your brothers and sisters. To have a great desire to love your brothers and sisters. <laughs> to have a great desire. Yeah. To have a common zeal to love your brothers and sisters. To have strong ambition toward loving your brothers and sisters. This is the ambition of your life. To love your brothers and sisters. Is this the type of love that characterizes your love? Do you love with such intensity that your heart glows? <laughs> it's hot for all the brothers and sisters in the church. Do you understand how far we are? And the father looks at us and like, what are you doing in my church? I designed the church to be like this. And it's something else. 
And then the last one is from your heart. Actually, in, in, there are some um, um, originals, I mean, some uh, copies that they, they don't have pure, pure here, but only earnestly from a pure heart. You see, verse 22, it's only from heart. And even it's pure heart, it's okay. But to love from your heart, from the center of your personality, from the bottom layers of who you are. You should be capable to love your brothers and sisters in this way. Sincere, one another, earnest, and from all of your heart. How come? And, well, Peter says, well, because you have been born again. And discussion. If you are born again, you love others. Because God is love. And you are part of his family. That means you are. Oh. Should I love others like God? You know, if we don't love our family. How in the world we will love the sinners? No chance. Everything starts here. If you love your family of faith, you will love the sinners. Because if you understand what is going on here, you want them to come here. <laughs> because they don't experience such a love outside. There is a form of love. Yeah. Seek love. Here we have authentic love. And this is the love that Peter said God requires of us. Now, what's the conclusion of my sermon? Well, you can find it in, in chapter 2, <laughs> actually. So, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants. Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God's chosen and precious. You yourself like living stones are built up as a what? Spiritual house. Spiritual family. As a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Do you live a responsible life in the spiritual fam family of your local church? May the Lord help us. We still have seven, six minutes of this service. And I please... Find at least two, like, let's make like groups of three or four, maximum four, three or four. And you don't have, uh, please try to talk with them and, and, and uh, share with them something that you've learned today in, in the sermon. If you came with somebody from your family, split. Well, only for this group, okay? Uh, <laughs> go in and meet new people. 
go and, 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 and talk with other people. But if you are not so happy about that, it's okay that. Stay with your family. Well, we talk about the spiritual family. But uh, talk with somebody that you know or you don't. And try to mix and tr tell them, did you learn anything new today? If yes, we need only five minutes. Don't preach again. I did that too long for you. <laughs> But just share. Just share. Thank you.